0: Welcome to The People on k 1630 AM. I'm Matthew Timmons.
1: And I'm Ben White. On this episode, our guests are Melissa Humphrey and Deanna Sofia Estrada. Melissa Humphrey is an artist who lives and works in Los Angeles.
2: It's funny because I feel like in some ways it feels like such a no-brainer, you know, because it seems so obvious that something, I mean, such blatantly racist imagery would be in these places, it feels almost um, too easy to just kind of point a finger to it or frame it. But at the same time, it's really shocking to know that it's, it's just in the background, you know, constantly informing people's reality basically of the rest of the world.
0: Deanna Sofia Estrada is also an artist who lives and works in Los Angeles and she is an avid cyclist and animal lover.
3: But I was thinking it would be interesting to talk to artists about where do they really want to see their artwork be. What's the ideal setting? Who would be the ideal person or building or landscape or country or something or world or whatever. And so I felt like the, the only way I'd be able to do this is, is online.
1: Coming up later in the show, our segment, Notes from the People, features a contribution from longtime friend of the show, Andrew Choate. And at the end of the show, we have music from Peter Brotzman, also brought to us by Andrew Choate and the Unwrinkled Ear. By the way, if you're listening to this episode near the original air date, you can catch the Peter Brotzman Quartet on Monday night, May 16th, at the Echoplex in Echo Park right here in Los Angeles.
0: The People features the voices and ideas that make up the cultural landscape of Los Angeles, the West Coast, and beyond. It's like a broken record, magically repaired.
1: And you can listen to The People on K-Chung, 1630 AM, every third Sunday at 3 PM. Or you can find us on iTunes by searching for The People Radio.
0: We're hosted by Insert Blanc Press. To find out more, go to insertblancpress.net and click on The People at the top of the page.
1: Melissa Humphrey and Deanna Sophia Estrada, welcome to the people. Hi.
2: Thanks for being on yeah, the show. Thank you
3: for having thank us. Thank you.
0: So Deanna Sophia, you have a space called Our Prime Property, and Melissa, you did a show as part of that space in March. So can you guys tell us about that project?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, you had been for about, what, six months featuring different artists on the site? Is that right?
3: Yeah, it's an online site. Uh, it's OurPrimeProperty.org. It's it's an online um, art gallery or or an idea gallery. OPP gives artists the license to tell where their ideal setting is for their artwork, and it also lives as um, OPP underscore global um, an Instagram account, and it also has a, a our our prime property um, Facebook page.
2: And um, and so I think when I was getting my, well, you had suggested to me that I could I could choose an an ideal space to show my artwork, and also to curate some artists into an ideal space as well. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah.
3: You were one of the first artists I thought of asking to participate. Um, based on some of the work I'd seen um, in Joshua Tree and then also at uh, at the Joshua Tree Shangri-La. I mm-hmm. think that happened about, what, 20, 20... I want to
2: say 2013.
3: Okay, yeah. yeah, 2013, and then also at Elephant Space. Right, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, and I remember I had like a lot of different ideas for different artists that I wanted to show in different spaces, and then I just pared it down to um, focusing basically on uh, artists who were directly affected by the NEA and were part of the NEA controversy in the 80s, primarily the NEA 4 and Robert Mapplethorpe and Andre Serrano. Yeah, And
1: that controversy was what?
2: Um, basically, they, the reaction to their work was um, – and resulted in the dismantling of the NEA funding individual artists. So just, um, you know, it brought up all these issues basically from conservative Republicans about um, – it was – there was like – the idea that it was indecent and so there was all this controversy about what constituted decency basically and also what the government should be funding in right. that case yeah so um and then it, it, and ultimately i went to the supreme court with the NAA versus karen finley so so i was thinking about that but i i got to that moment because um basically because i had been working with historical wallpapers from um and that started with the show at elephant just like kind of researching this one designer and just thinking about interior design and Orientalism. And um, I got to this place where I was, like, researching these historical wallpapers and particularly these French panoramic wallpapers and realizing that, you know, they basically illustrate the history of colonialism, like with each um, area that people would go to, um, or when I say people would go to, the Europeans would travel to and um, occupy. Um, it would you know, part of part of that legacy is that it would be illustrated, you know and and featured in this wallpaper. And so I was thinking about places where you know, you still see this wallpaper because it's still very present, and uh, one was the White House because mm-hmm. um and we've talked about this how in is it I think it's the called the diplomatic
0: reception room, right? Thing, yeah, you know, the
2: diplomatic reception room that and this is you know, where you're meeting and hosting foreign dignitaries where Obama had his portrait taken, where Michelle Obama is like um, holding up the sign with hashtag bring back our girls. And, you know, later holding up, you know, the Tribe Called Quest album when five dies or um, the Chris Christie, you know, sign. And um, that's all with the backdrop of this, you know, French wallpaper that Jacqueline Kennedy installed that uh, basically, Includes these racist caricatures, well, can you, can you
1: describe specifically that wallpaper that's up in the wall? Yeah,
2: I mean, I know this is radio, but I kind of i wanted I wanted to bring um a photo just so that people could know what I was talking about. So it's like I've been working with like these sculptures that incorporate the um, the wallpaper and kind of are, you know, hopefully look like dismantled, you know, like the room broken apart and dismantled. Um, but so this is the actual wallpaper that is in that diplomatic reception room and
1: and could you you describe it for people who can't see it
2: yeah so it it basically there's five panels and it um is supposed to be five views of north america and so it includes um it includes uh the boston tea party it includes um west point but it also does have um you know different native american and african-american figures and um the African-American figures, there's there's a specific couple in there that's based on this particular, and I'm showing this to Deanna Sophia right now, a uh, racist caricature. Wow. So. And so
1: they're all, they're all st- and to say Eurocentric would be understating the case. Right, right? yeah. yeah. Im- imagery that's, that's created in looks like the 18th century to me. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think so.
1: And so wh- how did they get there?
2: How does how did the wallpaper get there? Yeah. How did these images? You um, said
0: Jacqueline Kennedy yeah. had it done. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So it was when Jacqueline Kennedy um, was decorating the White House, but the wallpaper existed um, was actually antique wallpaper at that point. It was somewhere in Maryland, mm-hmm. and um, she wanted to preserve it. But it's also in other places. Um, it is in the Louisiana, uh, I want to say, governor's mansion. It was, it's somewhere in Louisiana is yeah
1: in a place that maybe it shouldn't be in 2016 right
2: right yeah 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 I, sh- I should look this up and but so for
0: for our, our prime property like you were you had you had decided like this is where I would want right. to intervene in this space
2: right so it's like I was working with this wallpaper I was working like thinking about different rooms that you know house this wallpaper and um, making these sculptures these maquettes that are um, basically the room torn apart and reconfigured And I was hoping ideally, like the ideal setting would be the diplomatic reception room having one of those sculptures live there so that you could see it, but then you could also refer to the dismantled version of it.
1: And so we should be clear that our Prime Property is is an online thing only, right? Is that
2: correct?
3: Yes. So
0: So you like photoshopped your pieces into that room, which is great. It's like, I don't know.
2: I mean, I I was hoping that it would be funny that it looks very obviously photoshopped and kind of... you know, awkward there, but But it
3: reads like, especially that first image, it reads like it's actually there. Yeah, it does. I mean, that first image being the sculpture in front, Mm Mm-hmm. One of the pictures in the, on the site that I think that had sent I, I don't I don't think it's listed as the first one but it's in there and like you see the the sculpture yeah. and it's like kind of there and it's you know you see it reflected in the background as well parts of it and then you're reading you're like what's happening here
2: yeah
3: um, so when I remember seeing that image and then the you know the the following images I was really struck and I was so excited and then I was also thinking how, how like how how is it that how is it that 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 wallpaper is still there, like I know, you know, know. And, and and then the contrast between what we have, uh, currently, I was our president, and the first family, and then to have that wallpaper is such a it's such a weird jarring. When I saw it, was such a jarring feeling for yeah. me, um, and um, and I was like this, you know, this has to go up, this has to go up, um, and I love that you were able to bring the materials that you're working with working with sculpture. Into that piece as well, because I'm also thinking about the piece he did at Elephant. And as you were talking earlier about um, the colonialism within design yeah. and how it's still present and it's still passed on.
2: Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, it's funny because I feel like, in some ways, it feels like um, such a no brainer, you know, because it seems so obvious that, you know, it's um, that's something, I mean, such blatantly racist imagery would be in these places, it feels almost um, too easy to just kind of point a finger to it or frame it. Mm. But at the same time, it's really shocking to know that it's it's just in the background, you know, constantly informing people's reality, basically, of the rest of the world, you know um so i mean oh sorry go ahead and i thought
0: it was particularly weird that it was like the diplomatic reception room because it's like yeah, the worst you're wel- welcoming to the, you know people yeah, to america yeah. and it's like yeah. look at the check it out we're still of, racist yeah. What's up? <laughs> yeah.
1: welcome to america yeah well what would you i mean could could you all speculate on like why you think that it it's still there that no one in the entire white house has been like yeah we should maybe eh.
3: it's habit it's habit and it's been there for so long yeah, uh, you know, someone, you know, Jackie Kennedy put it up. And so it's kind of like people don't want to touch it. Yeah. And like, I... Oh, sorry, go I ahead. was just
1: going to say, like, a reverence for, for tradition or a reverence for the I past. I think Is it's
3: that. And, in, in you know, very... I mean, it's hard to move. I think, you know, to redesign that whole building, you know, people are going to have problems with it.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, I guess I was just thinking, too, like, um, you know, with, with the other piece that I had done at, that was at Elephant originally. Like one thing that was shocking to me about, you know, the design that was used in that interior design, I didn't know that Orientalism was something that really existed much anymore. So I feel like it's the same thing. People tend to just kind of historicize these things, even if they think they're offensive or they they have to acknowledge that they're offensive at this point. I think there's an idea that there's some sort of removal since this was made a while ago. And with the wallpaper that's in the diplomatic reception room, the fact that it's considered an antique, I think, might be part of that. Huh. Um, and, it's, and it's really, really expensive. Also, you can still order it. It's, it, I think, it's something like forty thousand dollars for, I don't, I don't know, for how much. I looked into it. I but it gets them, a,
1: pa- but... it gets a pass, like uh, contracting-wise, and like ethically, yeah, because it's an antique,
2: right, maybe. right, right, yeah.
1: And I know from working in architecture that like uh, dealing with anything historical in a building, it's, that's, that's a more difficult process than just ripping down something. It's like, there's a set of, there's a set of rules that you have to do that by, but it's the white house. You would think like, okay, they can probably go through that process and have that replaced. Right.
2: I I think there also might be a hope on their part that people might think that it's just inclusive, you know, that there's um, this idea that there's, you know, it's not just white people and that they're not, it's not maybe so obvious to everyone how racist it is, you know?
1: Because it's a very specific American racism.
2: Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
3: Like we get it when we see it, you know? (laughs) Can we talk more about um, like your sculpture in the desert, that piece? Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, like with the the piece in the White House you did for OPP, um, it's a collapsed sculpture. Like it's taking parts, but it almost looks like I'm almost reminded like a globe too. And then the piece in the desert, it made me think of Garrett Rittwald, um, the 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 the, the distill movement, the design movement, the the sculpture where you have colored panels and you know going up to like uh, what was the artist that you had mentioned. Um, well, I think I told you that
2: every piece in that was um, a replica of uh, some minimalist work. So is that what you're thinking? Because there's yeah. Donald Judds and uh, McCrackens in there. And um, I forget who
3: else, but, you know, it's, it's all the right dimensions. deanna Sophia,
1: could you just maybe just briefly, like, describe that image that you're talking about? Yeah,
3: it's, it's uh, so it's these different sized, uh, colored, painted or they, like, I think cardboard that are almost collapsing on each other on a black cube, rectangular shape, mm-hmm. and so um, and it kind of almost it almost looks like a like you know like could be a, 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 a almost set on fire like the way it's <laughs> shaped right yeah because um, it's like perfect little triangle in yeah, a sense yeah. but then it's like those pieces are coming out as well yeah and then in, in and as you look inside kind of that black shape there's the the protest and revolution uh, referenced uh, wallpaper or signs that are in the corners
2: right yeah they were they were all actually um anti-apartheid um, posters and um, flyers I, I was tr- I was trying to reference um, uh, campus like college campus shanty towns and um, because I guess originally what I was thinking about was, um, just basically what 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 would the formula for making something that would be political, art, political artwork, what would that formula be? It would be something that looks like art and it would just have basically the political message slapped on top of it, you know? Like that's what functions as political art. And I was trying to think of, uh, you know, what movement hasn't been tapped basically, you know? Um, that there's so many, you know, activist moments that are, um, <sighs> You mined by different artists, and um, you know that's a whole subject in it of itself. But um, but I, I felt like, well, this one is a ripe one to be mined. It hasn't been touched yet, you know. But somebody's going to come along and and historicize it, and um, you know, make a drawing of a shanty town, and then that's going to be it. That's mm. going to be you know, their gesture that you know is considered a radical gesture in some way. So. Um, so I was trying to address all of those things initially.
0: You're listening to The People in K-Chung, 1630 AM. I'm Ben White. And I'm Matthew Timmons. You can find us on iTunes by searching for The People Radio. Do subscribe, rate, and review the show.
1: And we're also hosted by Insert Blanc Press. To find out more, go to insertblancpress.net and click on The People at
0: the top of the page. And now back to our conversation with Melissa Humphrey and deanna Sophia Estrada.
3: I asked you to, to participate in OPP um, last year as an artist and as a curator. And um, looking at your your work um, that you had talked about earlier and then seeing the, the artists that you chose, I was pretty surprised by the choices you made. Um, I guess because I was expecting like artists that, may- maybe that you knew or that you had worked with personally. I, I know. I, I felt actually, actually,
2: sometimes when I think about it, there is a, like a twinge of guilt that like I, I chose like, you know,
3: household names in a way. But I thought it was really important to bring up uh, because it's something that's continuously affecting us now even. Yeah, um, absolutely. With, the, you know, education, art education being slashed, you know, continuously. I mean, it's just had right. this ripple effect Um, from when artists were directly getting grants to now where, you know, schools aren't able to have any art programming from music to theater to to dance and even visual art. They're they're not, they don't have those programs. Um, So can you talk more about the choices that you made with the NEA artists? Sure. Yeah,
2: Yeah, no, I mean, um, my initial thought was I was thinking about artists that I knew who I did want to see, um, you know, have their work live forever in certain places that were very, um, established or referred to like the history of those works. Um, and I think it just, I mean, I started thinking about the, I mean, I feel like I've been thinking about the, the NEA force since it happened in the eighties, but, um, but I mean, I was specifically thinking about it because I had just been looking at the white house for, um, specifically because of that wallpaper that was at the diplomatic reception room. But, um, but I don't know, it is, um, I do feel like, God, I want to I say this less dramatically, but that I um, am always mourning the fact that art has shifted so dramatically from that point, you know, that if you can either be um, an artist who is really commercially successful, and in a gallery, but what is the alternative if that's not what your interest is? You know, like, you could be – then you're looking to show in an institution of some sort, and where does that funding come from, you know? And I just feel like it was such a different place when I was a kid and just learning about contemporary art. You know, like, there was this idea that it was a place for all these different voices and all these different ideas. And uh, I just feel – like, I don't want to say that conversation doesn't happen anymore, but there was – If looking back, it feels very <laughs> utopian that there was a place for it, and it was condoned in this way, you know? So I guess um, – I guess that's why I chose to revisit that moment. And also, I I just really love the artist Karen Finley, too. And Uh, so
0: some of the choices that you made was to put like uh, a Karen Finley video piece like in the Oval Office. Right. That would be like an ideal (laughs) space. Yeah.
2: yeah, Like, so, I mean, it, it obviously in the photo, it looks, you know, it's a still image. But the idea was that it would be constantly running like this image of her, you know, spreading chocolate on herself and alfalfa sprouts and that sort of thing and being very histrionic. Um, and then the the other vi- NEA four, which are all video artists, that their work would constantly be playing throughout different areas of the White House as well.
3: And so the other ones are Robert Maplethorpe, Andre Serrano, and then Karen Finley. And and can you talk more about the choices you made with the specific rooms that you put them in?
2: Yeah, I mean, I liked. Um, I I have Andre Serrano in. Let's see, what is it? The the East garden room, but it looks like basically like a lobby of some sort where you would greet people and, you know, to be confronted with that image of piss Christ. And then, um, you have the Robert Mapplethorpe, um uh, self-portrait that was included in the perfect moment, which was the show that was part of the NEA sponsored controversy or meaning that the fact that the NEA sponsored it was controversial at the time. And, uh, that particular, uh, self-portrait includes him in front of a pentagram and I think he has a machine gun of some sort and it is in the cabinet room. So the idea is the cabinet's meeting there and um, he's looming over them.
3: Would you would you considering our, our our current president, is there any other president possibly you would insert these images into?
2: I mean, I guess in some ways, maybe it would be more gratifying to have it somebody who um, doesn't have, didn't choose to have, like, Glenn Ligon in the White House, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that was also part of the the motivation for this, too, just thinking about the fact that you do have Robert Rauschenberg in the White House and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's interesting how, what a, what a signifier contemporary art becomes, you know? And... Um, also, just you know, like let's say Hillary Clinton's in the White House. You know, I'm. I, I don't. I don't think the Glenn Ligon's gonna stay. I. I. I don't think that she. I'm going off on a tangent, so I'm. I'm just gonna stop. No, die. no, do it. <laughs> well, I don't think that like. Um, it doesn't feel like she needs to be confronted necessarily by like these images, like as much as you know ted cruz needs to (laughs) really come to terms with them but um but yeah like i i i mean i would love to see them there i mean i think if it felt like probably a cultural coup to have the the nea funding this stuff and then of course you know that's why everything fell apart afterwards
1: would it be too much of a stretch diana sophia to talk about the like defunding of the arts by the federal government um resulting in like this is long-term big picture but resulting in you doing something like our prime property as like a just an internet thing is that too much of a stretch
3: i would relate it more to uh real estate um and rental properties going up and uh dealing with uh, uh graduate loans and uh paying those off and then realizing that I can't be a studio artist, I can't have a studio, and uh, that's how that came about. Um, I don't know if it would be directly related to all the NEA funding per se, but um, it's certainly an issue that I think a lot of artists are dealing with, is how do you make art when you financially can't, when you're not supported by a gallery or you're not getting those city grants, or or the federal grants, or the federal right. grants, um, and you know because you know it's it's such a competitive market, especially here in L.A. You know, New York. I can't imagine it. Yeah, forget about it. Yeah. Um, and so there's only you know a very small cropping of artists that are able to support themselves uh, through their art directly, um, and then you have the added interest of wanting to show other artwork. Um, I wanted to show artists. I started having an interest in like organizing artists together, like about ten years ago, and then really kind of experimented with it. Looked into it when I was in grad school, and then out of grad school, I was like, I don't, you know, I can't really have a studio at this point, um, and I don't know what a space to have. Um, I thought about inviting people into my home and making a little gallery in my shelf. Um, that was like I think 2008 or something and then I'm thinking no I don't really want to do that um, because logistically it's just it can be a headache and then a mobile a mobile box to send out into the world but I feel like that's been done and and then um, I was like what's the <laughs> what's the easiest thing to do right now <laughs> um, oh the internet yay and so um, came up with the idea of OPP um Uh, Directly related to the real estate here in L.A. and then also thinking about storing artwork. Um, What do you do with your artwork and where do you really want it to be? You know, some of my job influences that kind of thing, how it came about, too, like seeing dealing with inventory. And so I, I could see, I was like, this is something that artists don't necessarily address. You know, maybe it's like in passing a conversation over like some drinks or something, but I was thinking it'd be interesting to talk to artists about where do they really want to see their artwork be um what's the ideal setting what you know or who would be the ideal person or building or landscape or country or something or world or whatever and so i felt like the the only way of be able to do this is is on online
0: and have you been surprised by some of the choices that people make because obviously like they could choose anything right yeah
3: yeah no it's been it's been a lot of fun it's kind of like getting a gift um yeah. you know every time every five days it was like you know i was getting a present um and some artists i didn't need and you know to prompt them at all and other artists it was more like we it started a dialogue um mm. a conversation about um what their ideal setting was you know could they put it here could they put it there and i said yeah it's totally up to you how you want to present it um i'm not going to edit you um the the only limits are what you know the site's able to provide, and I encourage the artists to write about it too, uh, to to verbalize as well. You know, you can Photoshop your images or present present a, a, a series a series of videos or or images. Um, but I also I was really that was probably the one thing I pushed for was some sort of writing mm-hmm. um, to contextualize everything that they were doing and to to have it be like a reflection. Um, and so I was asking for a bit of sincerity in that too.
1: Well, it sounds like it's like a mix of the, like the headache logistics of running a physical brick and mortar gallery.
3: It's a site of, it's a site of proposals. Yeah. Um, it's a site of proposals. I know, I know, uh, there's been other websites like light and wire, um, a curated project. Just and, Lee, Right. Yeah, yeah. And, um, You know, rhizome.org does. Oh, right. They do, like, artist projects as well. Um, You know, there's a bunch. Um, But I guess maybe maybe mine's this. I'm going to say mine. It's ours. It's unique is because it's uh, focusing on proposals. So it could be, like, maybe you actually did propose something and it didn't go through.
1: You're listening to The People on K-Chung, 1630 AM.
0: We'll return to our conversation with Melissa Humphrey and... Deanna Sofia Estrada in a few minutes, but first, a new installment of Notes from the People.
1: In this edition of Notes from the People, we have an audio collage titled Dope as Self-Control from Andrew Choate slash The Unwrinkled Ear. It's compiled from sounds he recorded on a recent trip to New Zealand. We'll tell you what the sounds were and where specifically they were recorded after the track.
4: I always get Proud Mary and Silent Night mixed up. I want to hear your paddle so I have the sound of you working. There is no inertia today. There is no inertia right here. i misheard the words a miracle as America. I promised you a miracle. I promised you a America. Nozzles and wash down hoses. We do dairy effluent systems. I promised you a miracle. Shut down some of the shutters. <laughs> I <need> guess <laughs> so. we golf club south of Timaru home of foot golf self-control. Like, that's
0: dope as self-control, yo! Alright, I want to apologize in advance for my pronunciation of the following place names, but the sounds you just heard, besides Andrew speaking, of course, were birds in Akaroa, Andrew paddling on the Wanganui River with his mom, sheep on the edge of Flea Bay, seagulls fighting late at night around the octagon in Dunedin, an electronic bathroom in Waikawaiti evacuation sirens from the airport in Wellington, bugs and waves on the beach in Mareki, birds in paradise, an unknown machine, and a stream in Tongariro.
1: Now let's return to our conversation with Melissa Humphrey and Deanna Sophia Estrada.
2: I know I had asked you whether you considered uh, our prime property as part of your practice, and... Um, I wanted to talk about just your practice in general and like the relationship between Art Prime Property and your, you know, traditional studio practice. Because I'm thinking like, um, well, the first work of yours that I saw was at um, Dan Graham, the space that Aaron Wrinkle was running in Chinatown um, with a piece called Chandelier Mosque. And um, I mean, I I remember walking in, because it was like such a small space and I felt like you really were able to use it well because it was... um, you know, like you had this video, if I'm correct, that surrounded, how many projectors did you use? It was because... just one. Really, And
3: okay. uh, when you entered in, there was a, a reflective mylar on your left that reached from the floor to the ceiling. Oh, so wow. it okay. did bounce the imagery off yeah. from the video, right? and then there was text uh, that was stating the First Amendment the from the US Constitution about, I think, what, seven feet off from the, from the bottom of the floor up. Okay. And that went around from the, the back wall and then the adjacent wall to your right.
2: Yeah. Cause I just, I just loved how it was all encompassing and really disorienting in this way, you know? And, um, I actually did not know about your relationship to the area or like any of your personal history with that piece until we just talked the other day. So I was wondering if maybe you could explain the piece a little bit.
3: Okay. Um, my stepfather's from Egypt. Both my parents, um, my birth parents, are from Guatemala, and then I have a stepmother from Cuba. And so I've had these interesting conversations with them all, considering um, either an involvement with the U.S. or how they came to the U.S. Yeah. And so a lot of my work has been generated from that. Sure. And so that piece, Schindler Mosque, um, was when I was in Egypt uh, right before the revolution. And it was during uh, Eid, which is the Ramadan. The, uh, it was Eid, the last day of Ramadan. Okay. And um, I was interested in uh, just basically as I was there, just documenting as much of my environment that I was involved in. I mean, I was a tourist there. But oh. but your stepfather and mother were living there, right? Yeah, they were living there. And yeah. you were there for how long? Cause you were for there just for... like a month. Oh, okay, yeah. all right, yeah. Um, I told my mom I wouldn't go unless I had a job there, and m- magically she found me a job working with youth doing murals,
2: which which is not the typical tourist experience though. I mean, you are interacting with people a lot more. I feel like in a um... You know, just kind of regular daily sort of way. I would imagine in that capacity, right?
3: Yeah, and they were also the the. I mean, they were youth, but they were also they were involved in the fasting. Oh right. Okay, and so they're sure. trying to do these murals, and so I had to. Oh wow. Yeah, to <laughs> yeah. paint for that. You know, I think the classes were like two and a half hours long, or the workshops were about two and a half hours long. So I ended up deciding I was like, I'm not gonna. I'm. Gonna, I have to have the same energy level as they do. Yeah. And so I didn't eat. Yeah. Um, before or after, really, until I got home. <laughs> So. And they're,
2: they're eating when they get home. They just can't eat during the day. Is yeah. That? Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah.
3: So, and, and we had some young students in there. I think we had like a, you know, it was eight, uh, late teens, but then we had like a six-year-old or oh, a six, wow. seven-year-old painting yeah. with us. Yeah. And she was like, you know, she'd kind of fall asleep. Oh. I mean, and yeah. and it was really sweet. Yeah. But, um, so I did that for like two weeks and then traveled to Cairo and then back yeah. um to Alexandria.
2: And then your show at Elephant was also dealing with, um... Ideas that came out of the same trip, right?
3: Yeah. So the it was a series. Half the paintings were when I was there, right? Um, they were my tourist paintings, and they were water, in water, They were watercolors, and then the other half were were from images that my stepfather and a friend took mm-hmm. during the revolution, right? And then in, in in drama kind of happening in Alexandria,
2: and then how did you choose to show that work? Um, because you know, when when I'm remembering the space, I didn't really notice, like, a strong distinction between, like, the ones that would be considered tourists and the ones that would be considered trauma.
3: The ones that, that were behind the mylar, the reflective oh, mylar. So when you okay. went to the left, they were the, the trauma ones are tiled. And I guess some of the images, it, it, it went from right to left. Some of them were of the protests or the okay. marches. Right. And then from the marches, it kind of went to the destruction of the properties that had happened on, you know, on buildings. But so it went from kind of like that kind of spirited movement of people um, it being excited to kind of like a type of destruction. Mm. And I'm not really making a comment on it. It's just more like sure. the overall yeah. trauma of that whole event. Right. Right. And then the tourist paintings were on the on the back side of the mylar, mylar. So when you entered in, you saw those to your left, and then you get the distortion from the mylar. Me using same mylar again, yeah. And then the, the the tourist paintings were in the kind of in the back area, and they were not necessarily. They were all in the corners or something mm-hmm. that you to flip through.
2: And then if if you would describe what was in the tourist paintings, what were those just a
3: you know just like
2: snapshots based on snapshots from a from a trip like yeah just
3: like the documentation i was taking you know my interests and and my lunch whatever i ate kind of like you know and and then thinking about kind of like the postcards from like a hundred years ago like the the real ideal settings you would see yeah um and so it's yeah
2: yeah
1: and there was a performance aspect to this as well right or a performance that you
3: orchestrated yeah the, right? so the name of the whole show is called traveling without doing harm mm-hmm. and then i was really interested in bringing other artists to participate um in and in, in a performance during the opening night and um guan rong J- uh, joy harris henry taylor and myself we did uh, performances and right. started off the evening with a toast to um to traveling without doing harm Oh. <laughs>
4: and
1: what's the? Can you expound on the the title?
3: Uh, I mean, the, the, you really cannot move in our you know in our world without making an impact of some sort, sure. um, either through buying things or just moving, using gas, flying, whatever. So it's like you you just you just can't. You, you're always going to make an impact somehow.
1: Or being present as a foreigner. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. And and so it was kind of like. I guess like like the buddhist mindset of you know be mindful mm-hmm. of where what you're doing and and, and where you're going and yeah. what's around you and being present to that um and so that was kind of the the focus of the title
0: you're listening to the people on k chung sixteen thirty a.m i'm matthew timmons
3: and i'm
1: ben white and remember you can find us by searching the itunes store for the people radio And when you do that, if you could do us a favor and please, please, please subscribe to the show, rate the show, or leave us a review.
0: And we're hosted by Insert Blanc Press. To find out more, go to insertblancpress.net and click on the people at the top of the page.
1: We're also on Stitcher and SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash insertblanc. Or you can find us on Facebook. And when you're there, you could like us on Facebook, and that would really help us out.
0: And now let's get back to our conversation with Melissa Humphrey and Deanna Sophia Estrada.
3: I remember meeting you. Um, I know Jason Kunkie, um, from Houston, actually. So oh, that's back. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but meeting you at actual size, and um, I don't know, we 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 must have been kind of on the same, I don't know, same like vibrating wave or something.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because. Uh... You know, we were just talking about how I, I don't even remember what the content necessarily of what we were talking about. I do remember there being a lot of frustration. Um, and you you did say that you thought maybe it had something to do with the job I had at the time, which uh, was for an abusive artist. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, um, but, you know, it's like I didn't even remember that that was necessarily the frustration that I was addressing because I, I think I was talking what, I mean, what I remember talking about was maybe also, um, you know, just issues that come up basically being a, a female artist and then like female artists of color and uh, just, you know, all all of the issues that come up with that. And it was so interesting to me that you said something about um, my anger because I don't remember at the time feeling necessarily angry or like I, I don't remember, I didn't. It was a surprise to me that I came off as angry, but I feel like um,
3: I was feeding off of it. Yeah. Well, it got me excited. I yeah. was like, let's get punk rock here, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> I was like, yes. Well, um, yeah, you know, like I guess it's just always
2: a little bit scary to hear that you might be considered angry, but I mean, yeah, yeah. sure. I'm angry about a lot of things, especially when we start talking about those things, you know. Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, like we're about re- representation and yeah. seeing in the seeing wherever we go and Yeah. and um and and uh, you know figuring out ways to you know the hard part of like being a woman of color and how do you market your work and then like where what's the access point for, for things and then, I don't know like,
2: I mean and and I feel like um, when you brought up our prime property to me. That was an assumption on my part that that was something you were trying to address. But so I actually don't even know if that was necessarily one of the things you were trying to address. I just, you know, like that. those are like a lot of my issues that I just, yeah, you know, yeah. plugged into that. Yeah,
3: know. no, I, I think definitely it's in there. I mean, yeah, I was addressing like real estate, rental, whatever, yeah. not being able to afford a lot of things. But right. I think just also issues of representation. Yeah, of course. Um, so a lot of the artists I like, I haven't recently encountered it up, but a lot of the artists I put on there have Been women, yeah. Um, not to say I'm like excluding people, I guess maybe I am, but right, like, yeah. you know, like trying to think, you know, I don't need to, see, I, I want to see more of this, yeah. Um, you know, I, I want to see more variety. Um, and uh, I mean, there's, there's lots of artists on there that have such amazing uh work, and I feel like need to, to, to be really you know, I want them to see be seen, yeah. Um, one of the first artists I had posted on there was Michiko Yao, and um, her work was, I like, you know, I just gave her the prompt, hey, what's the ideal setting for your work? Right. And then I get this image of, like, her funeral. Yeah. And, like, all her work yeah. is around it. And I'm yeah. like, whoa. I was yeah. completely blown away. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I encouraged her to write a little bit about it. Yeah. And, you know, and she she makes a statement on the site um, and, uh, then, you know, kind of just kept going from there, like the next artist and the next artist and, yeah. and um, another, another project of thinking that was pretty extensive was Vincent Ramos's work where he's- I at,
2: really like that piece, yeah. Yeah, where he's yeah. talking
3: about his, uh, relationship, you know, the family relationship yeah. and revisiting on a, a previous work. Cause one of the things I did ask artists was to, um, consider a work they've already made. Right. Um, yeah. not necessarily make something new for this, but, yeah. um. some other artists did do that they did make new work and Mm. and 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 uh you know consider consider the the site for it yeah um and so no it's it's been really exciting to see kind of the movement that the 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 work that i've been getting from artists yeah Um, because it's it's i i don't know i feel like if I'm providing, I, if I want, I, I want to create something, I think out of that anger that I, n- I remember feeling, you yeah. know, then it's a, con- you know, it's not a constant anger, but it's like, you know, anger sure. that pops up. Yeah. It's like, what do you do with that anger? Because it is a oh, type right. of, of energy. Because we did talk about how do you, yeah, anger is an energy. How, it's an energy how, um, source.
2: How how to do something productive with it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, like, I think the Gallery Tally is a great project, you yeah. know, but I feel like this is um, something that's more about, you know, obviously giving voice to people who are not, you know, being included in those statistics of the gallery tally, right?
3: Yeah. 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 And and um, I, I don't, I, I know I was thinking about, about doing this for a number of years and then maybe, I, I don't know, like certainly getting inspiration from Nicole Hebron about like going forth. Yeah. And just doing it. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, not really worrying too much about, maybe who's listening, even though I know I was worried because like one of the personas I put on.
2: Oh yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) One of the personas I
3: put forth on the Instagram account, especially on Facebook, is um, this this double chin guy um, who has gray hair and, and is white. And, and,
2: I, and can you tell us where you got that image from? Um, I can't because I don't want him coming back at me. <laughs> huh. um,
3: Yoshi Sakai, who's one of the artists, also featured right, on the site. Yeah. She did a video piece, and she uh, um, took on the persona of a real estate agent. And she was asking oh, right, me. Yeah. She was like, "Oh, can I put your name? You know?" I? And I was like, "No, no, no. Use Bob. Say <laughs> thank you to Bob. That's <laughs> that's the persona." Because I know for a while, I just I kind of wanna I, I wanted to hide myself. Um, even though, you know, I don't know who was like looking at it, but I still kind of wanted to hide it as well because I wanted to look a little bit more, you know, corporate or, you know,
2: what the... Sure. Well, just, just to be clear, you, you had this logo, right? That was like the silhouette of um, a house and it said, our prime property on top of it. And Mm -hmm. then associated with it was this image of this man in the suit with the logo over his face is that right his face is obscured right yeah and then you referred to him as Bob right your name was not associated with the site
3: in any way for a while there yeah Yeah. for about almost six four four to six months I and why
1: and why do that Um,
3: maybe I was scared I don't know I I feel like I don't know that maybe my name Diana Sophia started doesn't sound professional enough
2: yeah, I do remember you saying <laughs> that exactly. Like that, your name would
3: influence Someone's the read on it, basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, I take that by saying because I, I've been offered several jobs. Oh, we thought you spoke fluent Spanish. I'm like, no. You know, just yeah, these assumptions yeah. that are, you know. And I'm like the only brown person in the room. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know. And it was that kind of kind of experience that kind of yeah. prompted me because I didn't no, want, I didn't. There's assumptions made, and I wanted to see if to push through that. Yeah, you know, to see what happens to obscure, but then also, I couldn't be like hiding forever. You know, I'm asking artists to expose themselves. Yeah, and you know, and you know, asking artists who are represented by galleries, to to participate in this. And so I I felt also like I needed to own up, and and like I said, I feel like it's, I feel like it was all in my head too, in the sense of the, the fear, the fear of. It being that kind of fear, but I know it's also a reality because I've had people ask me.
1: Wait, the the fear of what?
3: Oh, a, a being assumed of being assumed that I'm somebody that I'm a type of person. Being assumed that I speak fluent Spanish because of my name, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or or assuming that I don't speak any English because I'm not opening up my mouth.
2: Well, I mean, I do feel like the creation of that persona. I mean, it seems like that that would allow for a certain neutrality, right? Like, that's that's the idea, like, that it would just be... What's the, the normal? <laughs> yeah, normal, yeah. That, I mean, that's a really good word for it, right? Like, something that I feel like is not usually afforded either one of us, right?
3: Yeah. You mean, yeah. like,
1: the corporate generic design white dude? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. That just, like, eliminates all judgment because right. that's just the standard issue like that's
2: what yeah like let's just go forward and dive into the topic rather than think right. about who you are right yeah mm-hmm.
3: so what's your take on that i guess on on the bob character or... or just like your your views of this you know the kind of dealing with a kind of representation
2: yeah well i mean it's like um Not to talk too much about the gallery tally, but I'm glad it exists at this point because it's just, like, the arguments I would get into with people where they don't even believe it's an issue, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, those are just, like, mind-boggling, you know? I mean, like, I literally once was talking to somebody where it's like I threw an art form over at him and I was like, open it to any page and count, like, how many women there are, you know? And he still didn't believe me afterwards, you know? So, Mm -hmm. I mean clearly yeah clearly it's a problem and I I I mean that's what I like so much about this project is and not to say that that's like the crux of it but I do feel like there is a part of it that's addressing this
3: I hope so yes no I totally agree um I mean I've been asking artists who I really want to see more work um from in general and then also I mean the whole thing with putting on like online stuff it's like you're putting you're putting tags on things too yeah. You're kind of building links. You are building links. Yeah. And so when I'm building somebody's page, I'm also including their links, including aspects of their practice, you know, as words into their into their page.
2: Yeah. Does that make sense? No, no. Actually, I mean like as you were saying, it, I was thinking that is really important actually, you know, like for for each one of your artists. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean like with the, you know, the Wikipedia thons that um East of Borneo have done, yeah. and then other various um, organizations have done around LA. I mean, yeah. to include women, in, you know, to build a, build women uh, Wikipedia pages and that build been...
0: and build the information network around exactly. the people that should have a whole information network around their work and their yeah. then themselves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And the WCCW is doing this a little bit, right?
3: I think so. I think yeah. so.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, though, um, if it was uh, difficult, or not difficult, or if it was strange to be approached by people that um, you did know who wanted to do work with our prime Property who didn't know it was you, or, um, I mean, through the site? And then also just the idea that, because I I knew people who knew you but didn't know that you were running the site, but they were aware of the sites. so I don't know. I, I was just wondering about navigating that, the anonymous aspect of it
3: oh when someone emailed me and i knew them i'm like yeah of course you're gonna come of course you're gonna do something right yeah i'll give you the dates in a couple of months yeah, <laughs> yeah. but like, then then did you reveal yourself to them or yeah i, I, yeah. I signed it as my name and they're uh, like yeah. oh are you one of the people that work here i'm like no i am okay <laughs> right yeah <laughs>
1: well Diana, sophia estrada and melissa humphrey
0: thank you so much for joining us on the people thank you guys yeah thank yeah. you thank you yeah. You've been listening to The People on K-Chung, 1630 AM.
1: Our theme music, as always, is Ock Fifth by Lewis Keller. You can find us on iTunes by searching for The People Radio on the iTunes store. Uh, please, when you're there, take the time to subscribe, rate, and review do the show. Do it.
0: Yes, do it. Or go to insertblancpress.net and click on The People at the top of the page.
1: Now, to close out the show, we have music by Peter Brotzman brought to us by Los Angeles' own Andrew Choate slash The Unwrinkled Ear. He's produced a concert on May 16, 2016, which is coming up if you're listening to the show near the original air date. That will be at the Echoplex here in Los Angeles, California, featuring the legendary German saxophonist Peter Brotzmann. Brotzmann is bringing a band to Los Angeles for the first time since the 1970s. And that band is none other than the stellar London rhythm section of Steve Noble on drums, John Edwards on double bass, and chicago's finest jason adasevich on vibraphone here's an excerpt from their album mental shake recorded at a recent live date at cafe otto or otto in london